0: Hello, this is Peter Scanlon, Marvel Masterpiece's 1995 artist, and you're listening to the Marvel Card Collector podcast.
1: Hello, everybody. My name is Ian Taylor, and welcome to the Marvel Card Collector's podcast, brought to you by the Marvel Cards Fan Collective, an awesome community of card collectors and creators find our two groups on facebook details of which are at the end of this podcast so come check us out with me is my co-pilot in all things marvel cards it's may already and may i just say you have the most beautiful eyes sir
2: It's nine
1: nine. that's so nice again
0: amazing okay. compliments i think again? you just do this to get me like hyped i, I think it, that's it, just what it is
1: yeah it's my way of fluffing oh. i like to fluff you before we...
0: oh bring it dermatology. Lot. okay
1: well, dirty, dirty dermatology.
0: Dirty, uh, no, 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 dirty uh, terminology. Oh, kind sir. <laughs> I quite like the idea of dirty
1: dermatology. Terminology. Anyway, oh, you're welcome. We're in the dirt, and we've barely been on for thirty seconds. So, welcome, everybody. Um, hope you're staying well wherever you're listening to us from today. Um, it's not just Noran and I today. Um, there's there's two other fine gentlemen on this podcast today. Um, one of uh, both of whom you've heard before. Um, so, we're very fortunate to have Chris Mixer, who was on the last couple of weeks' episodes, who will need no introduction, but he's going to get an introduction anyway, um, who writes for Non Sport Update about sketch cards and has a wonderful blog and does some great YouTube videos about sketch cards as well. And you can find him on Twitter at sketch cards. Am I right there, Chris?
3: That's correct. One word, sketch cards. Glad to be with you Marcus. guys
1: no no problem at all it was my, my hesitation was i couldn't remember if there was a plural if there was an s on the end <laughs> very good and i didn't want to send people to add sketch card by mistake because they don't work hard enough for their followers um and the other young man on the call today with us is friends of the podcast are known as kevin number one we know him as kevin st jack welcome sir
2: good morning how's how's everyone
1: Wonderful, brother. <laughs> All right. I have my cup of tea. Um, Norin, I know you don't drink coffee, so you won't have coffee. I don't. No, no. Um, so I'm sure everyone else is probably fueled up. So, um, when we did part one of Sketchcard history with Kevin, yes, we talked about uh Fleer Ultra Spider Man, and I want to say '97 because yes. that's the one I always get the ear mixed up. Uh, we talked about Marvel Creators Collection and The Silver Age from 98, um, all three of which featuring Sketchographs, as they were then called. And then we segued nicely into Topps Legends from 2001, mm-hmm. where I believe they were called comic... Custom uh, cover. Custom yep. covers, there we go. I knew it had the word cover in it somewhere. Um, and then in my mind... And uh, correct me if I'm wrong on this. It all went a bit quiet on the Marvel sketch cards front for a few years.
2: That's correct. Uh, the last tops one was a uh, 2003, and then it lay dormant till 2006, and then Rittenhouse came in with Complete Avengers.
1: Wow, um, okay. So that 2003 one, what was that? Because that wasn't on my radar.
2: Uh, the Incredible Hulk
1: ah okay okay and was that anything in relation to the movie or is it a separate set because i know there was a there was a hulk movie set that came around uh, around that time as well
2: there was yeah this but this one was a uh, well the movie one was uh upper deck i believe okay. and then this this one from tops so it just con- coincided with the release of the movie i believe
0: Mm. And from the Topps version for the Hulk, they had the same similar sketch card uh, formatting as Marvel Legends, right? Where it had that kind of like Hulk logo. with Yeah, okay. That's awesome. Okay, yeah. Yeah, because in the 2001 Marvel Legends, the custom covers were very different from sketchographs. Like the sketchographs had the layout of like the blue lines, like you would see on a comic book art page. And for Marvel Legends, it was it looked like a cover, um, like a comic book cover. It had this particular color on it, whatever color was associated with that character, and then the title of that character, as you would see them on the, um, of their comic book issues. Yeah, and then Hulk, right. I guess, did the same thing as well, considering it was from Tops.
3: If memory serves, it was actually the exact same card stock that was used in Marvel Legends, uh, with the same indicia on the back. The only way to tell the difference is which artist drew on the card. Ah uh, yes.
1: Wow. Okay.
3: Yes, cuz wow. for Legends,
1: wasn't it different artists with different levels of rarity? Yeah. Correct. Or was it or was it characters? It was Both. artists. Oh, Both. Oh. Okay. Interesting. All right. And then a glorious era dawned with Written House Archives, um picking up the baton, I guess getting the license in 2006 and it's fairly safe to say they, they ran with it. Um, I'm going to start sharing my screen because both of you um, sent over um, some brilliant stuff. So thank you for that. The first thing I'm going to put up on, the, on, on my screen was just that list that you sent over earlier, Kevin. Um, and for, for those listening, uh, we will put all of this on the tasting notes uh, for the episode so you can go and check all this out. Uh, but suffice to say, it does start with 2006. The complete Avengers.
3: So Uh, let me back up one second hmm. and say that Rittenhouse had been around for a couple of years as a company that mainly dealt in science fiction cards uh, like Babylon 5, Star Trek, even Twilight Zone. So they were making sketch cards as early as 2001. 2006 was just their first Marvel set, but the other difference is that everything prior to 2006 was kind of like a repeat sketch where the artist would draw the same image over and over and over, and Complete Avengers would be the first time that every sketch would be unique.
0: Now, my question is, you guys are way more knowledgeable than I am at this. So for the sketchographs, that's how they were sold and marketed. So that's what they were given to these artists. And these artists were you know, character creators, right? You had Stan Lee, Joe, you, you had John, you had uh, Josina, you had quite a few different artists there. So they're told, okay, draw this character. And were they told to repeat those sketches? Was that the more convenient thing for them at the time?
3: Yeah, my understanding is prior to two thousand and six, uh, when you're dealing with science fiction um, entities, you're dealing with licensors and uh, screenshots and personalities, so it had to be approved. And once a sketch card was approved by the licensor or the, uh, you know, actor in that. It, you know, accepted their likeness, then they just repeated that one over and over rather than trying to get approval for each individual card.
0: Clever. Fascinating. Yeah, because today sketch artists are given a huge document that they have to abide by a bunch of rules, banned characters, things to avoid. And that was the way to get around that issue back then. Fantastic. Wow. Really interesting. And
1: Am I right in thinking that, that from complete avengers um the sketches had to be color that's correct Are they full color yeah
2: yeah they uh they marketed it as the first set that was uh full color for all all the cards
1: Hmm. so that, that was, was
2: a fairly full color.
1: Yeah,
0: I love that because they say that on the sell sheet. So anybody out there who collects sell sheets and all this promotional material for these sets, you can see this even on the binders full yes. color. Just absolutely yes. amazing. Oh, so it makes more sense to me now. So on the Rittenhouse websites where we see all of the images of the sketch cards, the reason they were doing that is because of approvals. So they were sending those scans basically to Marvel anyway. Would that be correct?
2: You know, you got me on that one. Yeah, I that could it? well be. I don't know. Yeah, because they –
0: well, house the reason we're so giddy, everybody, so everybody knows why we're just like house is amazing, is because uh, sketch cards are not only extremely hard to find but extremely hard to count how many exist from one particular artist. Mm. And on house websites, which I believe are still up um, – yep. I know I have them like PDF saved and all this kind of crazy stuff, <laughs> but um, I think what's really great is that – they would do – so you would find an artist on there on their list, and they would have the number of sketch cards they turned in to Rittenhouse. So you would know the actual number. And the other really interesting part was that you can click on the artist's name, and you can get a preview image of their of a nine-page image of nine sketch cards they did for that set. Right. And I, I don't know about you guys. So this is a question I wanted to ask both you and Kevin, Chris and Kevin, um, and even Ian. I personally look for those sketch cards. Like if I see a surfer that was put on there and I see it pop up on eBay, it gives me an extra reason to get it. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, right. Okay, <laughs> I didn't know if I was being crazy or not, but I love that it's documented on the website, and it was basically like a preview card.
3: Yeah. Well, I and mean, what you're about to see when he goes to this complete Avengers list is they did not just do the nine card preview; they scanned in every last sketch card they say, did. Yeah.
1: this is is what here we go look you see the multiple pages so you can actually see this is the beauty of this is that you can to this very day you can go onto the written house website and i just navigated to products archive products and then you go down you find marvel on the list and it gives you a wonderful grid page of every marvel product with the release dates actually this is actually really (laughs) this is a brilliant resource i was thinking earlier on it would be great to actually pull together all the release dates of these and you know flesh out that list that you'd sent over kevin but it's all there you, yeah you don't need to do that it's uh, it's marvelously laid out and you can go through this website and you can click on these images and you can see yeah pages and pages and it has the number of sketches that each, each artist actually contributed um
2: it's awesome this uh this set has to such be such a resource the most documented set there is that that's been released
0: wow i mean and you that's, never uh, see these so i'm sure this was basically i mean there's so many each artist did quite a few more than i'm used to personally i think the lowest number on here is
2: it's, it's 100 These or 50 or something like it's one of uh ian duran or something like that
1: yeah there's I'm a guy sure. there otis frampton's got 100 but it's um
2: Ian Duran yeah. Oh yeah Ian Duran has 77. Oh man,
0: Duran's work is so good. I just I found a surfer on Google and I was just like
3: blown away. Such cool materials. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Well, and what you forget is that prior to this set, these artists had not previously worked for Rittenhouse. Um and so they had to do a you know, whole job of creating an artist list. Unlike Topps who could go back to the well again and again from previous artists, the mm. uh, Rittenhouse was starting from scratch with comic book artists and each one had to apply. So I was talking to Don Hillsman and he actually had to create a uh, sample card and mail it for uh, approval to be, to work on the set. So each of these guys had to apply for their position.
0: Wow. That's so cool. What a great collection that I'm sure is out there of people having these sample cards. How fascinating. Wow.
1: Yeah, and the other interesting thing game. about this set, of course, is that there was a um, a limited sketch card from Stan Lee.
2: Oh yeah, that was Rich the. Which Kevin? Uh, he he only did a hundred, so that that's just like the the Spider Man that he did for. Uh, uh, Mcc
0: ninety eight right or Silver Age?
2: Silver Age, yeah.
1: Silver Age.
2: And That hundred of the Captain America, right there. Yeah. Damn.
1: And there it is. That's fabulous. I love it.
0: So which one's more rare? Is it I mean they're both amazing by Stan it doesn't really matter, obviously. But is this one this one only has a hundred? What was the count on the Sketchograph for Stanley Silver Age?
2: That was also a hundred. Wow.
1: Interesting. That is very interesting. Okay. So um, complete Avengers. I was it's kind of When I discovered Rittenhouse was just after 2008. So, Woman of Marvel had just uh, landed, which was the second um, set that they they had um, come down the pipe. And, of course, Woman of Marvel for me was was, was me chasing my tail with her. But... But the first, the first one I became aware of from Written House was Spider-Man Archives, because the the Marvel Masterpieces sets, which weren't Written House, are the ones that got me into sketch cards, and then I came back. So I kind of jumped on from 2009. But they had, they had a couple of years between Avengers and Women of Marvel, and from there on, you're looking at two, three, actually even four, five sets. Yeah, 2014 had four sets. In one year, so they had a good sort of nine year run.
3: Well, and let me add that uh, Marvel was not the only license that Rittenhouse had, they had a DC license, so they were even putting out DC sets in those years, like 2007 DC Legacy and 2008 Batman Archives. Yeah, that was that, uh, uh, Justice
2: League of America, I think that was 2009
3: and they were double dipping
0: yeah and those cards are just as well documented as well and uh considered really highly sought after yeah beautiful
3: well and every time a set came out they were evolving a little bit so Mm. uh After the 2006 Complete Avengers, they put out the 2007 DC Legacy and they did something new for DC Legacy that will come into play when we get to Women of Marvel. 2007 DC Legacy was the first time they included archive boxes.
1: Oh, God. Interesting. So so for for those who, who don't know what's an archive box i mean we know what it is but just just lay that out for us
3: in short archive boxes have one of every type of card that can be found in a pack included in a single box including one of every sketch card artist so you might get 30 40 sketch cards in an archive box and for DC Legacy, only 50 total archive boxes were created, and a lot of them were inserted mysteriously in your case, like you wouldn't buy the archive box, you would just discover the archive box.
1: Oh, wow. That's interesting, because my, my experience of archive boxes has always been that they were an incentive if a dealer ordered 9 or 12 or 18 cases so you know you'd be getting a lot of the product in and for that you would get an archive box so in the same way a sketch card artist would get an artist proof for every I don't know 50 sketch cards they might have done Um, but it started in a different way it started as kind of a lottery style thing
3: Well, and let me blow your mind. I'll skip a little bit to women of Marvel. They included what was called marked and unmarked archive boxes. What that means is the marked ones would have a giant sticker on top that says this is an archive box. Yeah. A unmarked one, the sticker would be on the underside of the box lid. So you would actually unwrap and open the box before discovering it was an archive box.
1: Oh, Oh, wow.
3: (laughs) i would Uh, just
1: lose my mind that's amazing have you ever done that no (laughs) no (laughs) i'm wondering if people still actually take a punt on those really old boxes just to see
0: i actually knew someone who did um but of course it was for the fantastic four archive i forgot who it was now um he might be in the group as well but he took a hit and bought the box and it was so cool to see Every sketch card from every artist. It was it was so cool to see that range. I didn't really understand it from the perspective that Chris said, um, but that's just that blows my mind. Really, just blows my mind. That's fantastic. Well, and also, so the gold sticker archive and um, case exclusives, right? Was that started by Red House first as well?
2: Well, I believe so. I, I, I think I don't know if any other companies. Utilize this uh, archive box feature like a uh, written house.
0: Yeah, because there were tier kind of levels of things you can do. So if you got, what was it? I believe there was a a nine case, not a nine case, maybe like a one case uh, archive exclusive and so forth. And then you could get like tiers of rarity. Like I know for Fantastic Four Archive, you would have like a Bard exclusive and then you could go ahead, you know, go down the line as well. Um, Yeah, yeah, it's really fascinating.
3: I think lots of companies had been doing case topper cards, but they weren't very valuable. They were basically just an extra insert that said you bought a whole case. Mm. Uh, you were right. But what Rittenhouse started doing is adding these multi-case incentives that did have true value. Uh, Complete Avengers had a two-case incentive that it was a cut comic book panel. Um and then a six-case incentive that was a five by seven sketch card by Cat Staggs.
1: That's right. Here we go. That's, That's right. right. Let's, just, let's just bring that up because they they are also listed on the um, Rittenhouse site and all of them scanned in. There's 16 pages of them. So 16 by nine. You can work that out. Um, six-case six case incentive. They're, they're absolutely stunning. Um, the artwork on some of these, and they for me, they're a significant in terms of Marvel, I, you know, I get there's been sets that weren't Marvel property between you know, 2001 and 2006 when Rittenhouse started doing the Marvel property. But the, in, in Marvel World, that's a significant evolution almost sort of overnight, I guess. Um, it's, it's from night and day. Um, it's going up, like, going from black and white telly to a 4K IMAX experience. Um, <laughs> but um, I'm just looking at some of these cat stags, Captain America cards, for example, that just happen to be on my screen at the moment, and they're, they're just stunning.
0: Yeah, absolutely stunning.
3: Well, um, and in so- comparison, uh, what Tops is doing the same time this set comes out, they're putting out Lord of the Rings and Star Wars 30th anniversary. So Tops is sticking with their black and white sketch cards but mm. of major oh, yeah. licenses yeah. uh and so rittenhouse wanted to uh put out something that kind of stood out against that
1: yeah and then some I've, i mean listen i'm sure we've all got some i've got a handful of lord of the rings sketch cards up here that i don't know what to do with because <laughs> they're not they're not my wheelhouse at all um but no it's interesting how they have went up because i was looking at the woman of marvel one there and of course i Women of Marvel. I've gone back and gotten some of these bits. So um, every case had uh, an autograph card from Adam Hughes um, with Women of Marvel, and then for three cases you would get a Warren Martinek exclusive sketch card, and then nine cases you had a five by seven um, Allison Stone painted uh, card.
3: Well, and if you look at that bottom paragraph that says the archive boxes are the only place you could get sketch cards from Adam Hughes. Oh, I've seen those. Those are insanely beautiful.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's really, I guess, I guess we're talking, you know, this is an era from before EPAC. Uh, this is an era where a lot of this is still very much the traditional system of dealers ordering product. And this is, I guess, designed to get the dealers to pre order more products and get get more of it out there
2: most definitely you had to give the uh the dealers an incentive to, to buy this product mm. you No, know, wow. yeah they, they get the, these extra cards and they could uh sell
0: so i think the one thing that haunts my dreams is the comic covers the recreations done by warren oh, um, yes I forget what set that is it was a, It was an exclusive, an archive exclusive, right?
1: I'm trying to remember which set it was. It was. It was. Um,
0: it it was was it was a of, Marvel Universe?
1: I think it was. Set. May have been.
0: Marvel 70.
1: I think it was Marvel 70, in fact. No, Marvel 70, if he did the decades once. Let's have a look, shall we, because the that's joy right? of this uh, Sorry, I brought Ryan up something website. completely random. It's just no, 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 that, that's quite all right. Well, no, it kind of ties into it because the interesting thing, and Kevin, this is very nicely illustrated from the examples that you sent that I'll go through in a minute, is that it very quickly, people, the artists, very quickly started playing with the format in some quite interesting ways. Uh, I imagine to keep it Interesting for themselves, um, but also with the volume of cards that we're seeing uh, numbered here. Now, but what what I do find interesting is between *Woman and Marvel* in 2008, where you still have the number of sketch cards listed, but you'll notice there that only half of the artists you can link to, which implies mm. that they don't have the the scans there of all these other artists but then if you fast forward onto Marvel's 70th anniversary from 2010 so only another two years later it's it's actually changed again you can't click on any of the artist names and they're listed on the Rittenhouse website as uh, I'm just going to take the first one Adam Cleveland Limited adriano carrion extremely limited and above it says whether they did less than 50 it's scarce 50 to 150 extremely limited etc etc so you know i imagine the the amount of work involved in actually documenting and counting all those sketch cards very quickly becomes not you know you can't keep up with it um but let's
0: let's extending as it is i mean i could only imagine i mean now we have Artist lists that extend even further, right? Especially on more modern sets. I get uh-huh. all excited when I yeah.
3: I'm going to make a guess that, uh, and I can't prove this, but I think Rittenhouse was paying the artist more per sketch mm-hmm. than Tops was because they were at demanding full color. They were, uh, you know, paying their artists better. And I think more and more artists wanted to work for Rittenhouse because of the Pay increase
1: mm, that's interesting
3: that would make sense
2: and then
1: make I absolutely I sense.
2: think that they they didn't have all the scans at this time because they're doing more work now uh, if I remember correctly they were they were scanning the cards themselves at you know at their home or at their uh written house office
3: <laughs> Wow
2: right so wow. if you're going from at 2006 or yeah leading into 2006 you had a uh, a longer leave uh time coming into it so you yep. had time to document everything but now that the ball is rolling over time you're you're releasing two three sets a year just yeah, for wow. so that's probably Probably why we don't see
1: as many uh, scans. Yeah, you can actually see it dropping off as you go through as well. It's interesting. The um, what I do find interesting about this as well is the the artist proofs were the larger uncut five by seven ones uh, for pretty much every written house set I've seen actually. Um, so the same size as those incentive cards. Is that something? Because I've not seen anyone do that. Outside of the Rittenhouse era, Chris, have you is that something that you, you, you've seen as exclusive to Rittenhouse or did other companies do that as well?
3: Well, my understanding is that Topps always mailed out sketch cards in their standard size. Um, And even when they mail, like, baseball cards to be autographed by baseball players, they're mailed in their standard size. Uh, But there is the potential for damage to happen to the corners of the cards or whatever. And Rittenhouse always took so much pride in having their cards be in good condition that they mailed the oversized proofs. The artist would draw on them, and they would be cut down after they were returned to the factory.
1: Ah, so every single sketch card that Rittenhouse did was 5 by 7 originally, and they were cut down for pack insertion, Correct. with the exception of the, ah... <laughs> Wow, well,
0: I know, I know definitely. Uh, Banks, um, um, the FFA set. He, I, I believe it was on his site. He actually uploaded all the five by sevens, so he must have scanned those before they got cut. And you can see how the art looks so much different because he really went outside the box, so it really extended everywhere. Um, so fascinating to see that image difference too, though, and to see how the card kind of changes from. You know that big size into being cut down as well, especially if they're going outside those those blue border lines, like they did in FFA mm. and many of the other sets too.
2: If you look that at is. if you look at uh, women of Marvel, a lot of their their scans, you'll see the whole card, <coughs> the five by seven. Before. Oh, well,
1: let's have a look. Really? Wow. Let's have a look. Let's do, right. Pick an artist. So, Andy. So when i and, Andy Price. Let's do that one. Oh,
2: you do. Look at that.
1: Oh, you do. Wow, that's... It. Oh, hello. <laughs> <laughs> so I've just opened a page with a rather nice black guy in the middle. Thank you very much. I didn't plan this.
2: Right, so you could see the full image of yeah it, it to be before it was cut. <clears throat> wow.
1: There's uh, some good Squirrel Girl stuff there for Jonathan Dunn and um, Frank Yeah. <laughs> <Darn in Virginia. laughs> <laughs> They'll be up for those. Good.
2: And then if I remember correctly... For the APs, you know, they, they would come in the 5 by 7 but uh, if you wanted it cut, they would cut it for you. But really? It, it would take longer, you know, you got to get the approval, and then you got to mm. set it in, get it cut. Have yeah. It but, you know, you know, why would you want it cut? Yeah,
1: definitely don't want it cut.
2: Get more I think- more card
1: i find it absolutely fascinating that that you can still see all of this i love that and it's just such a wonderful rich archive of of stuff to have i mean especially for those earlier sets um i think we've already seen from me just browsing through it now that it, it kind of drops off as you get later into the into the run of the um the series um so outside of their um in fact, let's quickly touch. You can see they did have some of the movie licensing here. They had the first Iron Man MCU movie um, before it went over to um, Upper Deck. And,
0: and I think also- that's also the card series that has the uh, Downing autograph, right? The kind of big deal Robert Downing autograph card. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's the big one,
1: right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah cuz he, he hasn't signed for much from from what I from what I understand um but yes but so of course those movie um sets also had sketch cards so I'm just looking at the list here from from Iron Man um wow you got Cat, you got Justin on there. You got Sheen. Wow, Sean, right. that's crazy. Oh, Jason Sobel, Sean Pence. You know, some absolutely fantastic You know, a lot of these these people are still very much active. Um, some of them have moved into different areas as well, of course. Um, but I'm just—it's it's just very interesting to me that the sketch cards remained a part of that throughout this. Um, and what Rittenhouse seemed to have done is they've they've started to go for very much themed on different areas of the Marvel Universe um, so obviously starting with Complete Avengers then you've got Women of Marvel which is um, obviously much more generic but then you've got Fantastic Four archives, you've got X-Men archives Spider-Man archives so they very much do like move that spotlight and give every kind of team or area of the Marvel Universe its own kind of breathing room before they started to kind of for want of a better word mix it up a bit um, S- such a
0: smart collection too right if you look at these titles it's such a very i mean you really have to understand the characters and the specifics of that set to understand that spider-man archive and x-men archive fantastic four archive what those sets can do on their own and how expansive they can be and how specific they can be as well very very intelligent decisions on how to organize this
2: well if you uh... Oh go ahead.
1: No, I was I was about to ask you a question actually, Kevin. Did you jump back in like at the beginning of the Rittenhouse uh period? Did you were you were you on the shop floor as it were for each of these?
2: Uh, the main one was Complete Avengers. I remember hearing about it before before it was released. <laughs> and then uh Yeah, just because on that one they limited uh the characters to be used to 50 i believe 35 heroes and uh 15 villains yeah and i I want to say around 50 artists in that set too so i remember on that one i was thinking how many spider-mans did How many how many artists would have used this character? And I was tr- in my head, I was trying to break it down. And this was before you know they they put everything on the on the website.
0: <laughs> oh man! Well, that's also really cool for uh, character collectors too, right? I mean, you could see how many characters one particular artist did.
2: Oh yeah, yeah, you, yeah. you could plan a little bit better, and then. Uh, 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 easter egg on, on complete avengers some of the artists put in the non-approved uh uh characters so you you'll see like if you look on warren Martinix, um he does have a silver surfer and so he wasn't the silver surfer wasn't the one uh what characters on their approved list but you know it's teamed up with a character on the on the list so Love the loopholes. Love the loopholes.
1: So hang on a minute. Silver Surf has been banned before.
2: No, not necessarily. He, he just didn't make the cut. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, dear. Silver okay, Surfer. I see where this conversation's yeah, going. Yeah. He, come, he comes back. He gets booted again. Um, I did that. <laughs> Chris, Chris, do you there's one thing i've been meaning to ask you you're a collector as much as you are kind of a a, a source of knowledge did you actually that's like stalking. collect all of these things
3: oh very much uh, i just didn't have deep enough pockets to buy a case of every product but i tried to open a box of every product
0: that's interesting that's, that's awesome interesting. that's the way i have to do it too yeah
1: i i went in on a case for, for a couple of written uh written house series but um we'll 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 get to those um so chris you sent over a very interesting slide here um where we've got the written house era sets mixed in with upper deck the kind of muscling in on the on the license what 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 can you tell us about about that one from from your kind of historian perspective
3: well i'm guessing that licenses were not exclusive and uh eventually they would become exclusive in fact even now i think i'm not a sports card um expert but i think even now only one company will hold major league baseball's license or you know the nfl license at any one time but back then multiple companies could have the marvel license in fact uh this is what led to Rittenhouse stop producing Marvel sets is they thought, um, there was too much competition in the marketplace, uh, because you can see they were getting pounded. I mean, Marvel masterpieces released three sets in a year and a half. Uh, and I think eventually Rittenhouse said as much as we're producing in our opinion, you know, full color, better content, uh, this is too much competition to have the license held by multiple card companies. Mm.
1: Yeah, because Upper Deck did, did the. My understanding about masterpieces, especially 20, 2008, and I remember reading this because um, the internet, of course, everything you read is true. Um, I remember reading this on a numerous um, sources, was that Upper Deck only had until the end of 2008 to get those masterpiece sets out. Yeah. Um, And there was a very short window of of license they had um, there, which which possibly explains why there were two masterpieces in 2008 and possibly explains some of the um, issues they had on the um, QA front on that. but, of course, then it goes very much back to Rittenhouse um, for the next few years, um, with the so, exception of the movie sets. I guess
0: one of my questions is, so what was that divide like for collectors? Did people prefer the Rittenhouse? I mean, Marvel Masterpiece is a pretty big name to come back, especially with, you know, the 92, 94, 96 Marvel Masterpiece he- header. Um At this point, when these kind of started coming out, especially Marvel Masterpiece sketches, I know those are some of the most covenant and difficult to find sketches. Um, Rittenhouse is as well, but was there a collector's divide on that? I mean, I'm pretty surprised that Rittenhouse decided to kind of pull back when this started happening.
2: Well, I think uh, Upper Deck came back with uh, Marvel Masterpieces just because of the name recognition. So yeah. uh, right so you, you want to hit the marketplace with a splash going to go with the big names right
3: Yeah and, Yeah uh, and my opinion is that Marvel Masterpieces was kind of the wild west you had some very high-end artists coming in, but only drawing three cards, five cards. And talking about non-approved, lots of weird stuff snuck into those sets, oh, yes. including marble Zombies and everything else. And uh, I think it was a very different animal. They were not full color. Uh, there was a great difference between a very low-end sketch and a very high-end sketch. Mm. Uh, it was wild. It was wild.
0: I could imagine, because I've seen a range from like Marvel zombies to like full guns and ammo craziness. I've seen quite a range of weird art styles. Not weird as in like bad, weird as in just awesome. Um, Just such a wide range of things. And now, I mean, you've looked at, if you've ever seen one of these band lists that artists get now, pretty much it's everything that was ever done in masterpieces. (laughs) Guns pointing at people, uh, whatever the case may be. All these List of bands is highly specific because of what was done in the past.
1: Well, one of the interesting things that I find about this is that when you look at the, the kind of you know going from the late 80s into the 90s, the nineties, and right through to now, Marvel Masterpieces 2007 is the kind of the first set that I'm aware of that went back to riff. On you know it was it was a 15 year anniversary of masterpieces 92, so it was kind of the first resurrection of that 90s brand, um, which Mm. Rittenhouse then went on to do with Marvel Universe. Um, So uh, possibly having had an eye on okay, well if they can do it, (laughs) (laughs) why don't why don't we have a go? Um, I mean I'm speculating here, but it 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 kind of does make sense uh, for how you'd look at that.
0: And I do want people to know that during this time period, there was, and correct me if I'm wrong, guys, there's no original art like we know now being used for these base sets, correct?
2: Yeah, that's correct. It was all recycled art on those uh, for the base sets.
0: Yeah, so you really were just cracking boxes For at least for original art hunters, right? Like people looking at, you know, we're kind of spoiled now with 2016 and 2018, you know, every card and even Fleer Ultra, Spider-Man, X-Men. Each one of those cards are painted. Uh, each one of those cards have original art that was created for specifically for that set, and you don't really get that during this time period in the you know mid, late, early two thousands type of situation. So, really, what you're cracking these boxes and cases for were either autographs or sketch cards. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: And then because yeah, I'm just upper deck, I believe the the art director at that time was uh, Mark. Uh, Irwin, I believe, something like that. Correct. And uh, he he actually uh, had some sketchograph cards from back in the Fleer Skybox days. So I think he was familiar with, you know, uh, sketch cards. Wow. And uh, and a lot of the the. The artists that he got, the big bigger name artists, were uh, friends of his or, or people on his contact list. So that's why you see such big hitters in, that, in those sets. Wow. Which right is that so, masterpieces you're talking about? Yeah, especially the
3: 2007 yeah. one. Mm. Right. So you would send your submissions to Mark Irwin when you were trying to get on the Marvel Masterpieces upper deck sets. But do you know who the talent acquisition guy was for Rittenhouse? Oh, hit me. They brought in Warren Martinek as the uh, talent acquisition guy, so he was the guy that would, uh, you know, hire you or or not pass you through.
0: Wow, okay. so you would have an actual like artist recognizing these kind of points and really understanding the the ranges of artists and what they were doing. Wow, fascinating
1: that's fascinating and obviously he put an awful lot of his own um, sweat and blood into that as well finally I've, I've been i've been having a back and forth with uh, mr martinek over possibly doing an intro for the podcast so uh, he's um, he's a busy man but uh, but very very lovely to talk to um have you ever interviewed um even with those two guys uh, chris
3: i have not i would love to they're both uh excellent and well respected but very busy guys
1: oh yeah. yes yeah, and sure
0: just so are. people know, if you do go to Warren's um, website, he actually catalogs all of his cards um, as well. So if it's not on this Ridenhouse site, and you are a collector of his, do check out his mm-hmm. personal site because he does keep a pretty good catalog there.
1: The the um so obviously um, Kevin, you were on board from Complete Avengers in two thousand six. Mm-hmm. Um, knowing you've kind of gone back and dabbled with bits from these sets but you weren't kind of buying them at the time is that is that right
0: yeah so basically when i started getting heavy into the sketch cards is because i saw a surfer and i kind of lost my mind and from that point on i you know started looking at fantastic four archive and then i collect a couple of dc things and written house dc is just so far just amazing and from there i just kind of started dabbling but i've never cracked a case or a box unfortunately never had the pleasure
1: well you will i'm sure um and chris we know you you were you were kind of buying you know a box of each as as you went along as a as a collector um, it's interesting this because i i i i came in with masterpieces um 2007 that's when i came back to the well that's when i came to the hobby really having just dabbled with it a little bit in the 90s and so um and I didn't pull any Masterpieces sketches from, you know, they were actually available to buy in Forbidden Planet in the UK which was, you know, you couldn't get any of these other sets in in stores in the UK Um, and I never got a a sketch card from there and it's only afterwards that I get a sketch card but then Spider-Man Archives is the one where I waded in (laughs) Um, and then some and I think that's when I first started ordering from uh, Ed Webb Sci-Fi Cards. (laughs) I have a feeling that I'm, that may have been the first time I, I ordered from him in America, um, and uh, excellent service um, um, ever since on that front. Um, but Spider-Man Archives, of course, Black Hat. Yeah. Yeah. Featured funny. heavily, so in the same way with you with Fantastic Four yeah. Archives, if you're going to go into a set that has your, your girl in there, um, yeah. Spider-Man yeah. Archives is the one. Um, I think it's worth noting, you know, the set design pretty much, you know, even though it's not original art, I, I'm, a, I'm a massive fan of the, the, the actual set design of the house sets because they were they were designed to complement the people who would, you know, store, which is pretty much everyone in the nine card pockets every set you could buy a binder um, there were different promo cards, some of which that came exclusively in the binders um, in fact, pretty much every binder you got an exclusive page like just a single nine, nine pocket page in there with the, with the promo card that was exclusive to that binder very very carefully inserted um, but I have a feeling I can't remember it might be Complete Avengers or one of the other sets had an exclusive autograph card with the binder I am want to say it's Complete Avengers so I'm just going to go back to that as well um, here we go Yeah, Roy Thomas um so if you got a complete Avengers trading card binder, you got a Roy Thomas autograph card.
0: See, this is the type of stuff I miss. You know, the binders, the marketing, the kind of extras you can have, archive cuts. So actually, you know, a side question. Was this the first time for archive cuts in trading cards for mar- for Marvel superhero cards?
2: Well, for yeah, for Marvel cards, definitely. That that yeah. was the first and they're oversized. These these ones really
0: are big. Yeah. Oh, are they? I've never seen one, that's crazy. Yeah. Wow, oh, so it's not okay. standard card no, size, it's
1: actually not, what, like five by seven? Uh, I
0: mean, was. you don't have to give
2: me a number.
1: I no,
0: mean,
2: look,
1: at, let's, pull, let's pull one up on screen, I mean, look at the size of the panel.
2: You get three, that's like three upper deck cards right there.
1: Yeah. Wow.
2: Just, that's I mean, big. the
0: set was designed beautifully. You know, it might not have had original art, but like Ian said, Everything was designed for a binder. So you had these nine-page, complete, beautiful pieces. And, you know, it, I mean, I, I don't know. I have such admiration for this um, company and everything they did. It's just – and, and so the things they did as well echo all the way to modern Marvel cards now. So anybody coming to the hobby, you're looking at pieces that really were kind of
1: invented and have been taken from the Rindhouse years. These are just astonishing i'm going to save some of these as i go along just to include with the tasting notes even though yeah. people can obviously just go to the written house website and and have a look wow. themselves. but and on
0: this as well they put the issue and page number from where yes. the comic clip came from yes fascinating and that looks handwritten i i think
1: so too yeah
0: or, the other image okay. didn't have anything written on there, so it has to be.
1: Yeah, should I say handwritten house? Anyway, um, so <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I know it's too early for you for that kind of joke.
2: If you um, look at, look, look at um, Renee Delez, I think she did the most. And she for this set, she did 399 cards. Can you imagine? Wow!
0: Imagine,
2: Good lord. And, you know, Good lord.
0: The vast majority of them are pretty nice. Yeah. That's insane. I mean, I wonder, what's the highest number
1: on here? I mean, that has to be one of the highest. That one. On Women of Marvel, I saw a higher number. Um, I saw 550 by Dos Santos. Dos Santos. And there's 616 from Yuko Smith.
0: Oh, Yuko, on, uh, man! Yuko's a
1: beast on, on Women of Marvel, which probably explains why I've why I've got one. I've got very few from Women of Marvel, um, because that had already come out, and it was it was furiously popular, if I remember back back at the time. So what, this is kind of the time that I became familiar with Scoundrel, um, as it was kind of the place where everyone seemed to be going to talk about the the sets but but. But very much with a focus of talking about the art, and uh, it's the first place I saw the artists mixing with the collectors, mixing with the dealers, and having that interaction. And you know, aps were 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 arranged and things like that. Um, Chris, were you were you on on Scoundrel back in the day? He says with air quotes. <laughs> Have we lost Chris? Oh, Chris. Talk to us, Chris.
0: Uh-oh. I'm sure he'll come back. I'm sure Chris was back. on there. I, yeah. think hard. I mean, Kevin, you were, I think I, I've seen you on there, right, brother?
2: I was on there. I haven't been on there in a while, but it seems like a whole bunch of people haven't been on there in a while.
1: I think. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. But,
2: Unfortunately, which is I um,
1: think back yeah. then, but, yeah.
2: was the place. that was the place to be. To find all your, you know, all your information uh, about these these sets that were coming out, you could, mm-hmm. the artists would be on there, and they would post their cards.
0: Oh, yeah. I remember that was the first place I went to. That was the first place I went to as a collector when I was like googling images of, Sketch of grass. That was the first place I kind of jumped to and seen all these conversations being had. Just fantastic. Also, all of the and I'm sure we'll do this for an actual episode. In, but I'd love to deep dive on the web and find all the sites that major collectors were putting up there of their own site for their own collection. Right? Yeah. Some of them yeah. still exist. Um, one of the more famous ones is of, um, oh, what's his name? Ed? Is it Ed? <sighs> I'll remember in a second. But some of these sites had just like catalogs from the sets, you know what I mean? Just full collections, full artists' uh, collections. So an artist collection is basically a sketch card from every artist that was on the set. And I believe we call that an artist's sketch card collection and just an entire piece, basically showcasing every artist's work, yeah. Those websites are partially dead now, unfortunately. Some are still around, a lot of them have
1: AOL, Email yeah. contacts. Yes. <laughs> yeah. The frustrating thing about that is when you, when you do go back to Scoundrel and you look at it, you see um, a lot of the links. It's, it's, you've got to remember that Scoundrel was around the era of um, uh, MySpace, you know, being used. Yeah, and, that's and, and right. Side that's side right. Photo bucket. And people just don't, you know, a lot of the links were photo bucket and so many of them are dead now.
0: Dead in the water, baby. It sucks, so you, man. You can see the posts, and
1: you can see, oh yeah, I just, I just busted this awesome uh, Warren Martinek, and you get, you, you can see the link is dead, but you still <laughs> click on it in the in the vain hope that it might be there. But I can't, I can't tell you how exciting a place it was to be. Yeah. And, and my, um, I haven't seen that this dealer is still active. I'm sure they are. I just haven't seen them around. But there was a, there was a dealer, K and J cards i think it was kevin bennett uh you're nodding kevin do you you know who i mean yeah um i don't know if they're still active but what they used to do um in fact i'm just going to google it um while we're um talking uh i've stopped sharing screen but i will share it again so we can see what happens together um start (laughs) sharing start sharing i like to share um let me have a look, and yeah, here we go. Oh, this no, Bennett cards, Jehovah's Witnesses ministry supplies. That's not quite what I was uh,
3: what I was after. Wait, is uh, that not it? While you're Googling, is my microphone working again? Hey, oh, it is. Yes. Hello. Hey, good, good, good. <laughs> uh, yes, but I think some of the tension of the scoundrel website is that the artists were being artists, but the collectors were being collectors. Uh, and I think the collectors would sometimes gently criticize the artists, and they there was just a tension there between the uh, three different groups of people. Mm. That's actually really funny because in the
0: group, that's what we always try to avoid, right? That's because I know I I feel the same way. I feel like that's what killed it. I feel there was this weird and not that people couldn't have their opinions, but I feel like sometimes you had people, you know, spending a lot of money on boxes and cases and then personally feeling ripped off by a sketch that they didn't necessarily find um, subjectively you know, to their standard for the money value for the art value. And I think that created just this really weird hostility. And that kind of grew and grew and grew because, you know, there was no monitoring of that,
1: unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. So I can see, I can see K and J non-sports cards. So the reason I was, I was, I was going on to this is because it, it's interesting how the sets were released. So obviously the dealers would would have the product um, in advance of the release date. But let's just say, for the sake of argument, the release was the first of May, um, and they would um, they would have the stock in you know, the latter days of April and be able to start breaking it and busting it. I think they got a very firm slap across the wrist if they actually put anything on eBay or put anything on sale anywhere. But you would, I remember being up at 5 a.m. In the, um, in the UK and being on chat with people from Scoundrel and being on the list for K&J um, sports cards who would email out to people that, whose email addresses they had from Scoundrel nine card scans. And they would they would email one every couple of minutes because um, have oh, yeah, really? quite high res scans. Yeah, they re- well, so and they cool. would do this for two to three hours of all wow. the sketches they'd busted from the product over the last few days while they were doing it, and then they would save the scans with the incentives until the end. Huh. So if you were in for the whole thing, and what you would do um, is as soon as you got the email, you would reply and say because it was a one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. You know, as 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 you go along, and you could say, um, and the, he would literally send an email, and all the texts in it would be one fifty dollars, two seventy dollars, three forty dollars, four ninety dollars, like that, and you would literally just reply, "I'll have um, number four to that email and it would be fastest f- finger first you know whichever email they receive first claiming a sketch would get it wow so i remember you know the first breaks that i i was you know, party to and then nowadays people do it on you know facebook and they video it um, but but this was this was fascinating so you know so the dealer would be able to sell a good 30 40 50% i'm guessing here but a good chunk of that sketch um that came out of a box, and you, know, if they were selling a sketch at say, 50 dollars, and the majority of them were probably a bit, bit more than that, um, they'd have made their money back on the RRP from the box. But of wow. course, they're not buying at box level, they're buying at multiple case levels. So I imagine that was probably quite um, an interesting sort of model to go after, but um, and I've still got emails with a lot of the scans in: Oh wow. From the sets uh, that were coming over um although i think i think the ones i've got are heroes and villains and, and kind of the later ones Ooh, which one. is in yeah well which is interesting because a lot of the late yeah, the later you go the less is documented on the um
3: yeah on the house. House side.
1: yeah um so yes yeah, so i think it's 70th anniversary in heroes and villains i think i've still got a lot of the emails from both of those including a lot of the warren martinex sketches and i remember sharing them on the mccw group when it first started you know cool. there were very few members and that was good content to put on there I remember like here's a daily kind of archive thing that I've got from breaking set- sets back in the day on Scoundrel wow and it's just absolutely he, fascinating that, people, that he, this he, is how set- sets used to come out
2: yeah he would send out 50 emails at least 50, easily right and 9, nine cards on each uh, email <laughs>
1: <laughs> In fact, I'm pretty sure I've still got them. You can you can see my screen. So let's just let's just have a look at one of those emails. Let me just bring one of them up, um, if I can. If my Google will actually respond. Kevin Bennett, come on, Google. All
2: right, then he you so back. Mute sorry
3: that that card is already sold yeah it was it
1: was really it was really frustrating um so um, nightmare that must have been i will never complain about ebay again but it was actually the fair you know was one of the fairest ways to do it think about it here we go i mean
0: it makes Uh, sense right you have your email list i mean we kind of you know the group kind of does that too which i that's my one of my favorite parts about the group and what we do is, well, I mean, we're all friends and stuff like that. You know, if we see a card that, you know, is not necessarily our interest, but it has a character that someone else
1: wants, I get hit up pretty constantly. Here's one of the, here's one of the emails. This was sent on the fourteenth um, of April, two thousand and ten. So there's one of his emails. It's just uh, got prices laid out in the grid, and then you look at the picture.
0: Wait, those are the prices.
1: Yeah, yep. those okay. are nice prices. So, you know, if you look at that, I'm sure Pankit would be very happy to have that cap for 110 No right? kidding. Even that Deadpool there. Look at that. that I take all of the those. Gun. That Dazzler sick. Going straight. straight. You wouldn't be allowed to do that Deadpool no, now. Not at all. At all.
0: Okay, so um, I have a question for the group then. And I was I was holding this, but I'm ready to ask. Okay. Favorite Ridden House layout. So, like, this one has, like, Marvel and the red border. Let's go down the line. Chris? What's your favorite?
3: Well let me talk about something I am very jealous of Ooh. Uh, When archive I mean when uh, complete Avengers came out they the incentive or the hidden chase was the hundred Stanley uh, sketch cards. when Fantastic Four came out, the Hidden Chase was renowned artists that only drew in black and white. So every box came with a color sketch card, but you could pull a black and white sketch card of people like Joe Quisada or John Romita Sr. The Hidden Chase on Fantastic Four archives, if you'll go down a little bit, were these black and white ones right there. And so... What I have always wanted and never owned is one of those.
0: So this is going to be devastating and we can all cry together because we're more than friends. We're a support group. But um, Chris, I think you spoke about this on your blog. There was one that came out. I think it's the black and white Fenwick has it, of course. Who I don't want to talk about right now because he just makes me cry. Fenwick has it and it's a black and white, and I think it's the Silver Surfer by Joe Cenot. And I think it's the black and white. Chris, you've seen this. Kevin, you've seen this, right?
3: It sounds expensive.
0: I don't want to talk about it, Chris. Anyway. Um, you
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> it Fuck came up off. on no, eBay. So. It came up on eBay. I had to compromise a lot of my morals and uh, hold back, unfortunately. But it was very expensive and beautiful. But I've seen a couple of these black and whites hunting for surfers. And they're gorgeous.
2: No, it's funny. On, on this one, on these black and whites, Scott Kobish. Kobish? He did six...
1: Uh, Coblish, I think. Yeah.
2: He did six cards. I've had three of them in my collection. What? Yeah, just... You're kidding
1: me. So you've got 50% of that particular artist's... Well, not anymore. Oh, okay. I think
2: I have two.
0: Wow. Damn, Kevin.
2: But, but you know, because these black and white ones are lower on the um, website, Not not many people actually are aware of them mm-hmm. and just think, mm-hmm. Oh, I just got a bummer sketch. Cause it was an extra sketch. Right. So,
0: well, did you guys remember seeing the, Oh man, what's the name of the living planet? E, um, Ego, Ego, Ego. 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 Yeah. Such a good use of that in gardens of the galaxy too, by the way, such a good use of that character, uh, with Kurt Russell, but ego, there was one on eBay. I'm sure you guys remember this. And it was a black and white, Fantastic Four Archive sketch, and it was of Ego. Oh. And it's gorgeous. I think Fenwick has it. But um, it's it's just absolutely beautiful. And it didn't go for that much because I think people were trying to figure out or didn't realize it was the black and white, one of the black and uh, white inserts. Yeah. But it definitely had to be 100%, and it was such a gorgeous rendition. If I remember the audio um, artist, I would tell you, but I just don't remember off the top of my head.
2: <laughs> yeah, well, It's a rare card, but... Not many people know about it, so that's probably why it slipped, you know, the, the prices slipped down. Right, right under the radar,
0: yeah. Wow. So
2: that's,
1: that's um, of course, the other, the other thing about this period is it very much continued the one-per-box sketch um, insert. So, you know, it, it, this is very much the era where buying the cards became less about buying the packs. It was, you would buy them by the box. The majority of collectors would, at the very least, buy them by the box. I remember when I used to pre-order. Um, I was fortunate to have a. There was a UK dealer who who written house sets in, and I, I did get some from him. Um, but even when I didn't, and I I'd order from from Ed. It was always a binder and at least one box. Usually two or three, but at least one box, because um, you were kind of getting you were kind of getting set up for it you know, you get yourself your binder. You'd probably have already had your promo cards because you've got the non sport update one. Um, chances are you'll, you'll be able to pick up some of the other promos, especially if you're ordering from the States, uh, from a dealer in the States, they'll probably have the promos that were released at the various shows because they were at the shows. Yeah. Um, that's one thing I do miss is those if there's promos. Here's a question: Has there ever? This is probably a ridiculous question, and as I say, I realise it is a ridiculous question. Has there ever been a sketch card promo?
2: Oh, not to my knowledge.
1: I Probably wouldn't just with the volume of them that you'd need. Yeah. Um, because you know, because you know, we're all used to sketch cards being a a, a particular incentive. Um, signed promos. I've seen in existence. Um, there was a promo for 2007 with Joe Jusko. It is an oversized, um, uh, card with a panel for Joe to, to sign. Um, yeah, that's right. That's right. So, so I've seen those before. um, but yeah, no, the more I think about it, the more I realize that would be probably an un- unmanageable <laughs> think,
0: thing to do. I, but. I mean, I think what would be really cool, and we just heard about this in the last show, it might have been in the part two section, where you know artists who were at these cons were actually working on their sketch cards, and they would kind of like do jam sketch cards, right? Where they would have an artist next to him the artist next to him be like, yes. hey, let me do the color, right? So you'd have two artists working on one sketch card. A really cool way to do a sketch card promo would be just to simply have a blank at like the upper deck booth and that people can go get and go have an artist draw on that card. I mean, licensing and all that other stuff aside, mm. I mean, that would be a great way to have a promo card and have like the con experience as well. Really so the cool.
1: promo card would be an exclusive blank con stock yes exactly nice idea i don't know nice something
0: i would love that so <laughs> let's make it happen
1: let's make it happen written yeah. if you're listening <laughs> um this is this is fascinating so i, I don't know if we're going to go through all of this oh. um to, to, today um but the I mean, the the format very much stayed very, very similar throughout the whole run. It was all, you know, none of it was original art. Um, And they did actually repeat some stuff. So Women of Marvel got a Series 2 in 2013. Um, There was a set called Dangerous Divas, uh, which was, again, about the Marvel ladies. Um, That got a Series 2 towards the end of the tenure in 2014. Um, and the interesting thing about Women of Marvel and Dangerous Divas is that a lot of the inserts especially, but some of the stuff they did was designed to complement each other. So you had some of the insert sets that would actually carry on the numbering from Women of Marvel to Dangerous Divas to Women of Marvel 2 to Dangerous Divas 2. So you had this this thread going through there. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, they, they revised the Marvel Universe um, uh, brand in 2011 and 2014 um, Legends of Marvel wasn't a sketch card series, that was just a premium uh, series, we'll talk about that another time um, Greatest Heroes Heroes and Villains, now what I like about Heroes and Villains and Greatest Battles, you now Heroes and Villains um, one of them if I remember correctly, and I can't remember which one, and Kevin you might know this, one of them the sketches were all two parties <laughs>
2: I think that
1: was battles. And was that battles? Yeah, because the, the 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 idea is is that obviously you're here. We go two card sketch puzzle in every box, and that was in 2013. So that's a that's an interesting change. Um, but the good thing is you did get them together. Yeah. If you were breaking the box, yeah.
0: <laughs> How cruel would that be? <laughs> Here's one part. Enjoy. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, the greatest battles are actually some of my favorites as well and i think what's really fun too is that the red border on the card is Mm -hmm. actually extended i wonder did you do you think wow okay so this is a question for chris and kevin did the artists get the bigger version of this and then was it cut down and cut in half
2: i don't know wow i wonder you would think so, and then they just cut it. But
0: And then they would just cut it. Yeah, if, if that's what they can cons- say. I mean, this is 2012. Complete Avengers was what? 26? I mean, 06? Yeah, 06.
2: Yeah.
1: Oh, 06. Yes. So it's maybe quite not. A few years down, down the road here. Yeah. Um, but look at the look at the look at some of these. So, six case incentive on Marvel Greatest Battles in 2013 was a two card puzzle sketch featuring the work of Megan Hetrick. Uh, good evening, Megan. We love you. She's uh, awesome, dearly. Um, and the nine case incentive was a four card puzzle sketch featuring the work of Warren Martinek. So, here's a question for you: The first time I saw them was on Masterpieces 2007, but sketch cards that would be part of a puzzle was that when they started or did they actually start doing them on complete avengers
2: well there there was a a puzzle there was a couple puzzles that the artist did for complete avengers but Mm. they weren't inserted all together so you had to put them try to piece it together yeah
1: yeah that was the same with masterpieces (laughs) as well
2: yeah, so, I just
1: didn't uh-huh. remember for the longest time people posting and saying, "Has anyone got the other half of the list?"
0: God, that's so cruel.
1: <laughs> yeah, that must have been tricky to do. I don't think I actually own any so multi-part I
2: think that's why why not with those adults.
0: Mm. Well, you know, it's funny because I always see these sketch cards on eBay and I'm like, I wonder if that connects to something else because it looks like it. You know, I've I've seen a few where I'm just like, that has to be a puzzle piece. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah. So it's, it's interesting. Um, and of course, as as they developed throughout the years, so, so we're touching on the base cards a lot, but I think I think it's very important to look at the sketch cards as part of the overall offering of what House did, uh, because the, the set itself was ex- exceptionally good quality, but it was kind of, they marketed the set using the sketch cards, but it wasn't a sketch card, solely focused sketch card set. Um, um, you can kind of tell from the way they they did the sell sheet uh, but kind of towards the later one they started doing some of these things where you had the red and the gold and the different color parallel sets yeah, some dude. of which were exclusive to the archive sets as well the archive boxes yep um,
2: I think that started with 2013 uh, Women, of
1: Mar- uh, Women of Marvel Women of Marvel 2 fascinating yeah you had that yeah. Ruby parallel set didn't you on some of these so in fact, let's let's go and, let's go and have a look at this one because um, the, the 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 wonderful thing i like about the written house sets i don't know if they did it through in the entirety of the licence but those sell sheets that you mentioned you can uh. actually you can the when you go onto the site so i'm on women of marvel 2 now there's a link at the top for colour ad page so you can download a high res pdf of what would go into non sport update and what would be printed so yeah. So that was the advert. Ah. It was a multiple update.
0: The best, man. I love that so much that they did that because it's just, you know, if you have a collector who wants to like, you know, not pay $100 for a sell sheet now, you know, they can print their own, <laughs> you know what I mean? They don't have to wait for a flipper or a scalper or any kind of yeah. stuff like that. They can kind of just still enjoy the product. And I don't know if this is true or not, but did those sell sheets or that one page color ad come in the binder as well?
1: No. No, not, not right? that I've experienced, no. No, that's uh, just what we collectors do. <laughs> yeah, no, they, I don't know if they still produce them as separate standalone sell sheets in the in the later years. I know they did for, for a lot of the earlier ones. Um, in some cases, I've actually kept and clipped the page that had the add-on from non-sport update. Clever. Um, so I've got a lot, especially for the masterpieces sets in two thousand and seven, two thousand and eight, um, because they didn't do cell sheets and there weren't any binders. So they're actually quite handy to have as as things to slide in the front of a binder, um, mm, which is which is always good. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, the thing is, there are so many sketches. These these were not. I, I don't know what sort of quantities of boxes and cases they put out, but. I don't remember there being, you know, there, I remember there being an awful lot of sketches every yeah. time one of these sets dropped.
2: I think they're, you know, uh, Complete Avengers, uh, and then the later ones. I think they're in that 8,000 range, 10,000 range. I, I think uh, X-Men wow. Archives was 10,000.
1: Okay, dokey So they <laughs> clearly scaled it up.
2: Yeah. Oh, and then... Uh, uh, a funny tidbit about the the X-Men Origins Wolverine set. Yes. I think they were, for the set itself, they were limited. They limited the characters to, like, five or six, something like that. Really? Uh, Wolverine, Gambit, Sabretooth, uh, Blob. Is that five? I think that's five. But, wow,
0: so only those five characters?
2: Yeah, so those are the ones wow. that came in the packs. But for X-Men archives, they they added like five, in the archive box, five cards from the Wolverine set. So those those uh, were artists that might not have made the list or the, the box for Wolverine. And or characters that weren't on weren't those five, so for example, I had I have a Hulk from that set, from that archive set, but it's a Wolverine. Oh.
1: That's interesting. Wow,
2: that's, really that's interesting. so crazy. I think people were during that time, right? Because you're trying to make a master set, and now all of a sudden you have a new influx of. Characters mm. and artists. I think, well, oh. it was only five, maybe five more artists, something like that. But the characters could have been, could have been Hulk, uh, Jergonaut, you know, all sorts of different characters. Oh, that must
0: have drove collectors crazy. Oh,
2: <laughs> <laughs> there's such an outrage about that. There's so <laughs> People work so hard <laughs> at <laughs> that master set, oh, and then there's an archive box with more more cards more
0: artists i think what cracks me up too i gotta get a jubilee from the x-men archive set actually i gotta find a good a jubilee i really really like from the x-men i know i like that jubilee <laughs> ian's like rolling his mouse over is like this one fausto i was like yes that's uh that's louis antonio oh god i like louis antonio i think he
1: does great work i really he speaks really highly do. of you oh does yeah. he really he does he does indeed oh. um so are you um Chris, are you still with us? It was your microphone gone screwy again. Oh, it
2: looks like his microphone.
0: I think his microphone's having some issues. Poor
1: guy. Oh, bless him. Well, well, Chris, stay with us. If we hear your voice return to us, like Lazarus from the dead, then we'll be we'll be ah. we'll be very glad of it. Um, I, I'm looking at the, the the list of some of these artists, and an awful lot of these are still active. An awful lot of them are still active, but not in Marvel. Um, yes. And uh, for example, you know, we we when we spoke last week to Greg, you know, the number of Star Wars sets that Tops are putting out at the moment, and of course there are other licenses that other companies are putting out, such as you know Red Sonja, Vampire and the the creator-owned mm. um, sets as well. Great um, sets. Some of these guys are starting to come back in, mm-hmm. um, and as we know from the group. So some of the some of the there's at least one artist, and I'm, I'm not I'm not going to kind of openly says now because he's posted in the group, but um, there's at least one artist who used to work on a lot of the written house sets who kind of went away from doing carts and has come back, and is now on one of the upper deck sets that's due to be released this year. Um, I, I find that uh, that fascinating, but some of these artists, of course, that th- th- where are they now? Um, and, and that artist who's coming back is epic. People are going to yeah. be so excited about this. It's it's yeah, just yeah. going to be mind blowing. Um, but there's some there's some this I look at these and you know I I always fixate on this one because of the fact that his cat is one of my top top cats. It's an artist mm. simply named Oak, and he hasn't Oak. done that uh. many sketches. But he's he's listed it. I've known nothing about him at all. So if anyone has a line on who the artist known as Oak is, where he is, what he does, what's he doing now and if he wants to come on the podcast so that I can just fawn over him for half an hour about the black cat that he did for Spinebound Archives uh, <laughs> then hit me up on 1-800 um, uh, uh, collect cards um, but there's, 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 one, there's one particular artist called Dave Simons whose name always pops out at me because I, I discovered his work on women of Marvel and he did the really a traditional very early style yes. black cat yes. um, he's he he sadly he has passed away um Uh-oh. some years back now, um, and I only kind of found this out as I started to really really get into his work um he yeah he passed away in two thousand and nine he was an American comic book artist um so he was he was you know pretty prolific um yeah. and his sites uh, a lot of the sites are still there and still up um and maintained um i'm I'm on his site now you can see see a picture of him there but he he did some astonishing work and he was you know he he was very much a comic artist that came over and did did some sketch cards so as a lot of these early sketch artists was so for those who haven't i just it's just a personal thing i wanted to drop into the episode there's hundreds of artists that we could mention i just kind of wanted to mention for those who might not know of his work go back and check out the artist dave simons um because you will Wow, and they
0: have an website. archive of it, the cards he did on the site too, the sketch cards. It,
1: exactly. So I'm just about wow. to pick in this and I'll include this on the tasting notes. This is why I like his black cats. Um, I, own, so cool. I, think I own that I think I own that one. And I own a couple of the others. But I someone wow. someone who was a big collector of his work sold their collection about eight, nine years ago on eBay, and I was lucky enough to grab a couple of black cats. Um but but yes i strongly strongly recommend you checking him out and that's the beautiful thing about this written house site is go there especially on the earlier sets dive in have a good look at the art have a really good 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 you know feel around really as to how these these you know how how many sketches these these artists used to produce the quality of the art that went with them um and how much of it you can still very very much see, linked on the site. It's astonishing, you know. Take a day, you know.
0: <laughs> really? No, I mean, if take, you're taking your a walk,
1: look just
0: to all the listeners out there. If you are getting into sketches for the first time or you are a sketch collector now, this will really give you a good education on the range of styles that exist. And if you're looking to get an AP from someone who's not really being tapped all that often, this is another great way to get a good name and to see their level of work. This is all I did when I first got into the hobby and first started doing commissions, was looking at these artists and seeing cards that I was just blown away by.
1: Yeah. It's, it's just. It, it, mm. I'll go back to Spider Man archi- archives because that was the one I, I went, I uh, went big on. I didn't buy that much of the actual product, but I went nuts on the sketches, absolutely nuts on the sketches. I was like a three-legged dog in a forest.
0: So how how
1: excited do you guys get
0: when you see that scarce next to an artist name of a sketch card? You get be honest.
2: You don't. It could be fifty. It could be. <laughs> well, I don't know. <laughs>
0: Under fifty. Oh, that kills me. I
1: didn't, didn't realise that John Romita had done sketches for Spider-Man Archives. Yeah. Yep. Oh my goodness, I never knew that. To this day, I don't know. I maybe I told it and I've forgotten it. There's a number of things I've been told that I've forgotten in my life is is endless. <laughs> but um, but but some of these. Yeah, I'm looking down and I must have a black cat by at least half of these people.
0: See, that's the, the thing set. to do, Ian. That's that's the idea I keep playing with. I think I've spoken to Kevin about this, of going for a uh, surfer from every artist of the Fantastic Four archive set. Do it. No, don't put that on me. How dare you? <laughs> what is wrong with you, man? Why would you say that to a collector? That's some sick I, stuff, Ian. <laughs> it's, 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 it's the Nike slogan. Just do it. You no, know, I got, so. I had, I had about twelve. I think I showed Kevin a back, yeah. back, back ago. And Ian, I'm sure you've seen them come and go. But I had about mm. ten or twelve, and I could have done it. I just, I slow down. I, did, you know, it drives me crazy. If you're crazy. not feeling
1: it, if you're not feeling it, then fine. And it's not exactly an easy thing to do these days. No, it's very hard to do. I might yeah. do
0: it one one day. Like if I get a good number all at once, I might just go ahead and bite the bullet. But. I mean, Ian, you have, if you have half, you have to be close, right?
1: Well, I mean, I, I don't know if I have uh, half. I've probably got – I'm looking at the names. I've got, you know, I've got Kirsten Allen. I've got um, Katie Cook. I haven't got because I think she did that chibi style, and I'm not a fan of that. So I wouldn't actually want to own a sketch by – Oh, that's right. You uh, know that. In that style because it's just not my <laughs> cup of tea. So, you know, it's one of those things. Immediately, I, I rule myself out because I'm a fussy so-and-so. Um, See, I am but, too, though. Yeah.
0: Kevin, wow. are you the same way as that? I mean, how many like? Do you have an artist set of this? I know you have everything, but no.
2: like, <laughs> not of, not of a, uh, not of uh, Spider-Man. I do have one of, um, uh, complete Avengers. Really?
1: Oh, nice. Yeah. Except, nice.
2: Maybe except well, except for Cat Skags, but that that okay. was insane.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah.
2: I got Stan Lee, so the one. Oh, that
0: see, came... that's the one though. <laughs> That's the one
2: that matters. You're right.
0: <laughs> that
2: took so forever.
1: I'm, I'm sure gonna. It did, man. <laughs> I'm gonna try and add Chris back in because he has dropped to dropped off. Um, yeah. Um, so I'm gonna try and add him back in. Um, let me just see what happens. So do you? Um, so Kevin, I I get the feeling you, your collection is very heavily. Oh, he says he's unavailable. Oh well, mm-hmm. bless him. Sorry, Chris. Um, we'll get him back we'll get him back we'll get him back the thing is he needs me to add him to the call oh no so, i meant for uh, another show in case oh yeah yeah of course of course of course we'll we'll resurrect him we'll gather around um, do um you've got an awful lot of sketches from the the early days does that carry right through do you st- have you still got as as many of the of the later sets including the later written house years as you have for the earlier sets
2: no, you know, because after my daughter was born, I had to slow down a lot. <laughs> <So>.
1: <laughs> Tell me about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I got a bit quicker yeah, when I'm chasing her around, but yeah. It's tough,
0: man. You have... Oh, right, breaking
1: sorry. up a bit there, Ke- Sorry, Kevin. Yeah, I think you're breaking oh, up, brother.
2: Oh, sorry.
1: There you go. Stop, try again. You're back. You're back.
2: Okay. Woo. Yeah, I think uh, the majority of my my collection is probably from the 2006 to right in that 2009 2010, and then it kind of slows off a little bit, and then and then uh, when Rittenhouse House went to to the to the insert cards, you know, with the um, Women of Marvel, mm-hmm. started getting more into the little, the insert cards. So not not as many sketch cards for the, the, the later 2012 on to 2015. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean so that's- I to say I mean I, I still buy black cat sketch cards, but nowhere near the volume. And that's because I'm chasing the limited inserts. Yeah. And I can't do both.
0: Yeah, those rainbows are tough, man.
1: Yeah, but some of them cost more than you know. Well, uh, the sketch cards, decent sketch cards.
0: Yeah, and that's really—I mean—collecting a band, uh, band character card to a band character is impossible because
2: mm-hmm.
0: even if you have a sketch, that's and and not because of the art just maybe because of the name or the quality quantity or anything like that you might have a sketch come up on ebay but it might be the yeah. only surfer sketch that's been on ebay in like three weeks you know what i mean and like vultures yeah. these other surfer collectors not me other people you know the sicker sicker surfer collectors people who can't handle their stuff (laughs) um (laughs) come out of the woodworks and start bidding (laughs) but yeah it's it's really tough you know i i really envy a lot of like venom collectors and wolverine and spider-man collectors because you really can't have your your picks you know i've never pulled a surfer sketch card you know what i mean and won't in years you know what i mean and i know a lot of surfer collectors I, probably another one who's never pulled a surfer sketch card either really just because we've been like kind of we started collecting we started opening packs after the ban which is a pretty cool thing to think about for other character collectors out there um, but yeah pulling pulling ca- these sketch cards I mean it's it's definitely an investment you have to kind
1: of not an investment but you kind of have to pick and choose your battles <laughs> yeah. you're like, you're like it, Kelly Mc- yeah. you like yeah. Kelly McGillis in Witness you've been shunned by the, by the Amish community <laughs>
2: You might need to get a uh, Fantastic Four archives box one day.
0: You know what? You guys keep putting this stuff on me. You want me living in a box. That's what it is. I know what it is. I can sense it. You know what? Let's go on eBay.
1: You can do it. You can Let's do see. it. Let's
0: see. I think I saw one and I, I talked myself down. And today's yeah. the day, maybe.
1: <laughs> so the thing for me, the thing for me with, with Rittenhouse is I I sketch cards aside i do want to own one of each of the binders um and then gradually fill out the sets from there and that for me that tends to be my starting point i i I like to have the binder uh and then get the set um so um but the case that there was one set that i got a case of from Rittenhouse. um see if you can guess which one do you want me to bring the list of the products up on the screen again so you can see? You got just, one uh, case. I, to- I got I got a case of one of the Written House releases. I think I think one, maybe two actually. Um, so let me just scroll through this list and you can you can have a look and uh, I'm gonna- uh
2: Spider-Man or one of the divas? Oh it might be one of the divas. I've
0: seen enough divas from your collection to assume it's a diva it was dangerous divas the first
2: yes
1: one. The spider-man archives i was a bit late to the video you know, i was kind of just as it was releasing i was like oh okay um and i've got the binder for that um but yeah dangerous divas i got a case of um and do you want to know how many black cats i pulled from that case <laughs> how many One.
2: <laughs> oh, just
1: one at least i got one at least, at least I got you one man. Um, oh, we just saw that six-card uh, black cat by uh, Scott Barnett. Yeah, Scott Barnett. Who had that? Matt yeah, Fuller? My, my friend. Yeah, my friend Scott. Um, oh, and I actually, t- t- this is the interesting thing, and this could be a kind of a nice way to kind of uh, cherry off on the top of this episode because we'll probably have to, have to have to wrap soon. But um, yeah. is that the, well? There's a couple of things. When I look at this website. And I like I did just now on Spider Man Archives. I click on an artist, and one of the cards that comes up I own. That's a nice feeling. Yes, that is a really nice feeling. I love that. Um, and and so that's that's one of it. The other thing is that I I uh, have made personal friends who I'm still in, you know who I've met, who I still keep in contact with, and I see them have. Family and I see them doing things in life who may may not be doing sketch cards anymore um, as a result of 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 getting into collecting black cat and sketch cards by these artists yeah um, and I think i don't know of any other community where that would necessarily happen um comic book creators tend to be a little bit more arm's length you know they will have fans who are passionate about them but um, but it's hard because that hobby's so large yeah right? exactly. with
0: sketch card collecting we it is so intimate and in a way we kind of fuel each other especially with artist proofs right where there is this kind of constant back and forth and this kind of hands-on approach to Oh, here's someone's art I like. Here's something yeah. I can collect. And you get yeah. to know the person. Yeah, it's 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 really strong. It's a really strong experience for sure. Oh my god, I want that rogue. Who's that rogue by?
1: Bush. Oh, this is so I'm looking at dangerous divas. Uh top top shelf? Top one is that? You know that's the top one. Don't ask me, like, oh, do you want no, the top no, one? No, I can't. No, you, know I uh, you know that Rogue I want. You know my style. I don't know. I've, I've got no idea, dear. It changes from day to day. This, okay. Since the last time we spoke about it, you've sold that Perna Silver Surfer sketch. I knew silver you, silver you were going to bring
0: that up. I that knew we talked
1: about show. on an episode. And I thought, and bring you, that you up. can't go talking about a prized part of your collection on an episode and then flog it two minutes later. i out, it? Out, that out, is out, so
0: rude. I I, I sincerely don't hope wanna... you got
1: something good for it.
0: Okay, you know what? Uh, <laughs> hmm. uh, you almost made me reveal what I got. Tricky, oh, tricky. That was good, though. Mind. That never was mind. impressive. It was, a, it was a good attempt. It was Listen, a good attempt. I, I will be honest. I love that card to death. And that card didn't go on eBay. To a good home. It didn't to a good sell home. for a... Quadruple the price, like other people do. Ah, oh, I want that magic too. Um, it didn't do any of that kind of stuff, and went to another surfer's hands, and it will be Good. there until the day he's gone,
3: Good. or sells it
0: like I did. So it was not gone unnecessarily. Frivolously. I've been,
1: I've been having to think about this, and if I, if I suddenly snuff it and pass away, um, not- I want, I want. <laughs> Um, my, my black cats to be distributed one per group member on a random raffle basis. Oh, that's really nice.
0: I, I want mine burned so no one else can have my surfers. Ah. <laughs> uh. Kevin,
1: what's happening to yours?
2: <laughs> I'm sorry, but what?
1: what's happening? To your, sorry, we've just gone morbid. What's happening to your sketch cards if you suddenly cease to exist? Shuffle off this mortal coil, become um, an ex, Kevin. my daughter. Oh. Uh, oh, that's nice. We thought you were going to give them to us. Anyway, <laughs> bye Kevin. Um <laughs> <laughs> Oh, wonderful. Um I'm going to wrap us now folks because otherwise people will still be listening to this in 2022. Um so I I'll, I'll put as many of these links as possible up on the tasting notes, but to be honest with you there's kind of only one link you need. And that's the Written House Archives website, which, confusingly, isn't writtenhousearchives.com. It's sci-fi hobby. Um, but it will be on the um, tasting notes, and we'll put that on the social feed as well. Uh, Chris, I know you're not on this anymore, but thank you for jumping on. Kevin, thank you for getting up so early. Um, we didn't even touch on, um, like, cards where they started messing around with the format, like having holes in them, like you said, which is worth touching on just before we, we sign off. Gosh, I didn't see that. Just look at this. Yeah, it's the yeah. Warren Martinick Red Skull card, and this wouldn't be allowed for several reasons, mainly because Red Skull is holding aloft a smoking World War Two era gun, and also because the artist has made it look like and pushed through from the back of the card bullets have come through the card six yeah. of them there are actual holes in that card
2: and i, I remember seeing that one on ebay really yeah do you uh, own that i do not have that oh
0: someone bought that fast because i would i would have even gotten that personally yeah. i would have bought that that's just too brilliant i don't mean collect red skull not even the lease in the leaders yeah. uh,
1: that's amazing but I, this is what I love about the the the, the era that Written House had the cards. Is artists started playing around with the format in so many different ways, too numerous to mention. This is one of the more notable examples. Um, of course, you had all the subset stuff that artists used to do. Um, there's a guy in the group who collects a particular artist called Goonie Tunes, who did the Eyes of Characters. Ah, uh, yes, um, but there are yes, that's right. Um, he collects him in Australian. but the, you've got these. Sketch cards here that uh, Kevin, you sent this one through. Um, it's just an example of an artist, so it doesn't zoom in very well on my screen. Um, they're Warren Martinick ones,
2: yeah. He did uh, cover recreations on for uh,
1: yeah, for each 25. issue 25.
2: I think there's yeah. 25. So, on uh, that one, there you go. You got a you snuck in a Ghost Rider on, on there. Oh, yeah, you're right, right. and then Absorbing Man
1: top top left yeah wow at the bottom left that is an iconic cover that that avengers 223 yeah with uh, hawkeye about to fight ant-man um yeah that's one of the most most After uh, zero yeah that's yeah, amazing that's, that that's one of the key kind of covers on avengers um that i recently acquired so i i, I love that uh, you know with with this volume of sketches to do the artists were finding really inventive ways to just keep it fresh yes and keep it interesting um
0: yeah i like to see a resurgence of this for sure i think this is gonna have to be the next step for sketch cards just to bring to bring something back from this because it you know having a bigger size having marvel premiere having you know panels and five by sevens that's really nice formatting and so forth but you know to have this sketch cards be more of just a drawing on a card and be more of an art piece, especially Mm. with Mm. the certain uh, interpretations, the changing to the materials. Like, you know, we've seen sketch artists put like gold leaf down. We've seen sketch artists put, you know, glitter or paint structures or, you know, make it kind of a 3D effect. Like I just got the Mitch Ballard um, surfer and the way he put the paint on there actually looks like it's stacked so it looks oh, 3D. Yeah, it's fascinating. Yeah, and, and I have wow. a Warren Silver Surfer sketch card where he splattered white paint on it and it looks like the stars, but it gives this like double texture effect where it looks dimensional. It's it's fascinating. Fascinating things people were doing. Very inventive, very much art pieces than just simply a drawing on a card, which which I really think we should come back to.
1: Yeah. Well, on that note, Thank you for listening, everybody. Um, we'll put as many pictures as we can on the tasting notes. Thank you, Kevin, for getting up so early.
2: Oh, you're welcome. Thank you, Have You, you had mate. breakfast yet? No.
1: <laughs> right, go and get some breakfast. Um, Norrin, go and get second breakfast. Done. I'm going to go and start getting dinner ready because um, I'm in the UK. Uh, you uh, may or may right. not. You may or may not know. Um, we we're going to reuse. Um, an existing artist intro for this episode. We've got loads in the bag. It's just that I want to get up. uh, We're wrapping up the episode and I want to have time to have that artist. uh, If we're going to use a new one to have a bit of exposure. So we will reuse. Hmm. Hmm. Let's have a look at the list here. Right. You can help me choose here. Who should we reuse for this episode? Um, We have on this list. Let's reuse. Should we Peter Scanlon. So we give him another shake of the tail? Hit
2: it. Here
1: you go. Well, Peter Scanlon. Thank you, sir. Um, Peter Scanlon. <laughs> Peter, Peter Scanlon is, a, is an absolute dude. Yes. Um, anyone who's listening, final note, anyone who's listening who who currently or used to work at Rittenhouse and you want to come on the show and talk about the process that you went to put together some of these absolutely gorgeous um, sets and the website, uh, notwithstanding, um, please do give us a shout. Noren, awesome. Kevin, it's been gorgeous.
0: All right, Kevin, you're going to do this with me. You ready, brother? Yes. One, two, three. All right. Enjoy collecting.
1: Oh. <laughs> <laughs> one day we'll get it right perfect <laughs> <laughs> one day really. oh, one, one day, day, one, we'll day one day One day. enjoy
2: collecting together <laughs> yeah
1: we, one day we will enjoy collecting together yes uh, <laughs> bye everybody <clears throat> thank you thanks for listening to the marble card collectors podcast you can subscribe via our home on anchor.fm forward slash mccp Leave us a message by that link with questions, comments, or just to say hi, and we may even play on the show. We're also on iTunes, Spotify, and all major podcast platforms. Our podcast is at the mcc Pod on Facebook and Twitter, and you can find links on our Facebook page to the two groups MCCW, Marvel Car Collectors Worldwide, and MMC, Marvel Masterpieces Collectors. On Instagram, find us at MM Collectors and at sketch card hide. The great music we use is called Rocket Power by Kevin McLeod. Thanks to the collectors, artists and creators who support the Marble Cards fan collective. We'll see you next time and remember it's a small hobby but a fun one. Make mine marble and enjoy collecting.